You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 426, Evangelism and the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we know that when Jesus got ready to leave, he gave the Great Commission. And this is from Matthew 28, the end of Matthew 28. Jesus told his disciples just before his ascension, he said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And then in Acts 1, Jesus gives us the the, the recipe for success for how we're going to be able to be these people who make disciples. He says, but you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and that actually happened in Acts 2, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. So we are called to make disciples. Uh, The Holy Spirit has been given to, to Christians to empower us so that we can be these witnesses and disciple makers. But we also know from the New Testament that God has given gifts to his followers to help us with this task. Now, often when we read the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we, we think, well, these are just for the special Christians. These are just for the pastors. But the reality is they're given to each of us to equip us to do the work God has called us to do. And in the New Testament, there are three main gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's one in Ephesians 4. These are the equipping gifts. These are uh, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These are the one who, ones who are given to, to lead, typically in, a, in, a, in the context of a church setting, to equip the saints to do the ministry. And in Romans 12, Paul gives another list. These are often looked at as, as motivational or even personality gifts. They're gifts that really, um, typically each Christian will have one or maybe two of these. But the ones that we're most familiar with are the gifts that Paul lists in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11. And, and these are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, there are different traditions within Christianity, and and some would even say that these gifts don't even really exist today. They say, we got the Bible now, we really don't even need these 
gifts. And, and to be fair, tongues has become very controversial, has been for years. This is nothing new. Um, but what we're going to do is I'm going to actually take you through a, a look at these particular gifts, these nine gifts that are in 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to look at them in the context of evangelism, in the context of making disciples, in the context of, of being a Christian, uh, of shining the light of Jesus in the world, and how uh, do these gifts work? Now, in, in 1 Corinthians uh, 11 through chapters 11 through 14, Paul's dealing with public worship, and he's talking about the gifts in the context of public worship. But we know from the life of Jesus, we see these gifts used not just in the synagogue, not just in church. He used them to minister to people. So we're going to look at some of these and uh, maybe pull some examples from Scripture that, that might help us as we examine these gifts. Because I think the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, really, I think even the word gifts sometimes throws us off. I think they're more like tools in our tool belt. I mean, there's some days I need a hammer. There's some days I need a screwdriver. Uh, there's some days I need a saw. There's some days I need a tape measure. There's different tools for different situations, for different jobs. And the Holy Spirit wants to equip us and anoint us and use us so that we can be the witnesses, so that we can be the ministers, so that we can be the, the disciple makers that He has called us to be. Well, don't go away. We will be right back. In fact, we're going to jump right back into looking at these uh, particular gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I, I wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul in Acts. Peter and Paul in Acts is, is my very first book, uh, and it's, it's a handbook to go along with the book of Acts. Uh, many people think of the Acts of the Apostles, which is the title that's given to it in the New Testament, but we, we, we know from reading it, it's really more the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Um, what Jesus, uh, you know, really started in, in the Gospel of Luke, um, Luke records in Acts what the Holy Spirit continued to do through his people, through the church. So, Peter and Paul in Acts takes a look at these two uh, most eminent apostles. These guys were the, the two main guys in the early church, the first 30 years of the church. And they really uh, helped make sure the gospel got established uh, for, for, for the next generations. Uh, Peter and his network, Paul and his network, really made sure the gospel was spread and established throughout not just the the uh, nation of Israel, but throughout the Roman Empire. So check out Peter and Paul in Acts. Very helpful. You'll find it fascinating as you go through and look at how Peter and Paul did ministry in the early church. So just a quick recap here as we jump back in. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11, Paul talks about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So we're going to take a look at these and see how these can use, can be used to help us in our everyday life. Now, when we talk about a word of wisdom, um, 
I think we can all agree that wisdom is something that we all need. Um, the book of Proverbs is constantly referred to as the book of wisdom. It's a, a book we go to to gain wisdom in our daily lives. But um, in, in fact, James, in J- James chapter 1, he says, If any of us lacks wisdom, let, us, let him ask of God, and God will give it to us liberally and without reproach. Now, is this the same thing as the word of wisdom? I don't think so, because it's listed here in the context of a gift. So what does this look like in the outworking? Maybe you've had this experience before. It's happened to me before. Um, give you an example. Several years ago, I was facing a problem in ministry. Not a serious problem, but just something I was trying to kind of sort through and um, kind of logistically work out. And, uh, you know, I was having breakfast with a friend, and I just kind of shared with him. I said, you know, this is what I'm kind of trying to work on, and um, I kind of need some guidance. And, uh, you know, what do you think? And without even hesitating, he gave me the answer. And as I thought about it later, I thought, you know, I'm not a dumb guy, but yet I hadn't seen that. But yet in the context of this relationship with my brother, um, he saw the issue I shared with him, and immediately he had a word of wisdom. I think a word of wisdom is super natural advice. And we've probably all experienced it. Maybe you've been the one who had that answer. You shared that thought, that idea with somebody, and they just looked at you with marvel because they with marvel in their eyes because they had never thought of that. Um, and sometimes look, sometimes things are obvious, but there are many times when uh, the Holy Spirit comes and he gives you the key to unlock somebody else's problem. Or maybe the Holy Spirit gives the, the, the key to somebody else to unlock your problem. And I think that's what a word of wisdom is. And obviously, we can see how this would be so practical in our lives as disciple makers. Remember, that's what we started off talking about. Jesus has called us to be disciple makers. He said, go and make disciples. Now, this is not optional. This is the, the last uh, command that he gave us. So it should be our first priority. And we are called to go and make disciples. So as we're making disciples, we're going to be helping people unlock problems, issues, challenges, and struggles in their life. And many times it's going to come through a word of wisdom because it's something you've lived through. And I've also seen sometimes the, the, the Holy Spirit, and this is, this is the, the importance of hiding God, God's word in our heart. There have been times in my own life when I might be struggling with something or I might have a question that I don't have an answer to, and all of a sudden a scripture will just come up out of my spirit and pop into my mind. Um, I think that's the Holy Spirit working um, really in in, in a real sense what, what a word of wisdom looks like. The Holy Spirit can come, and here's the answer, and this is how we solve the problem. Now let's jump on to the word of knowledge. Is there a difference between wisdom and knowledge? I think what we see here when we're talking about a word of knowledge is supernatural insight for a particular situation. Supernatural insight for a particular situation. Um, How does this work out? You know, one of the things about Jesus that I think we see 
when we study the Gospels is we see Jesus operating in these gifts of the Holy Spirit. We obviously see Peter and Paul and Stephen and some of the others in the, in the New Testament operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But what about Jesus? I think the, the, the easy answer, but I don't necessarily think it's the correct one, is we can say, well, the reason Jesus um, had words of knowledge or had faith or was able to perform miracles or healing or cast out demons was because he was the Son of God. But, you know, that's really not fair. Because if Jesus is my example, that kind of leaves me hanging. I'm not the eternal son of God. You're not the eternal son or daughter of God. So, So really, I need Jesus, Jesus the man, God in the flesh, but Jesus the man here. I need Jesus as a man showing me how to live dependent on the Holy Spirit. Now, make no mistake, there were plenty of glimpses of his divinity in his ministry. But I think, by and large, Jesus came to show us how to live this human life depending on God. And I think theologically, that's solid, that's correct. And and, and I really believe that when we kind of view Jesus through that lens, we begin to understand that he depended on God through the power of the Holy Spirit operated in the realm of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you an example. We all know the story in John 4. Jesus sits down at a well in Samaria. The disciples go to buy food. A woman comes up, and Jesus says, can I have a drink? And they get into a conversation. And she really was kind of mocking Jesus. She was not really paying much attention to him. The the relationship between uh, Samaritans and, and Jews was not good. Um, she was not really taking him very seriously when he was talking about wanting water. And if you knew who, who was talking to you, you, you know, you would ask him and he'd give you some living water and, you know, the conversation's really not going that well. And then Jesus says, why don't you go get your husband? I'd like to meet him. And she said, well, I'm not married. And Jesus said, well, that's right. You've had five husbands and the guy you're with now, you're not even married to. And she says, well, sir, I believe you're a prophet. Now, let's think about this. Was this Jesus showing himself as completely divine? He's got all knowledge, so he knows. Or is he relying on the Holy Spirit for a word of knowledge, supernatural insight into this woman's situation? Now, does God still speak that way today? I would say absolutely 100%. Yes, he does. You say, well, I've never heard him speak like that. Well, have you asked? I've got a friend. True story. When we were living in Brazil, uh, Fernanda, uh, I was actually at their church teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things I challenged the folks in that church to do was to um, ask God to give them something supernatural for someone that they were praying for. Someone in their world who was not a Christian, maybe a family member, maybe a co-worker, but ask the Holy Spirit to give them, these people in the church, some word of knowledge, some insight that they would be able to use to share with that person to help bring them to Jesus. Well, Fernanda, I don't know about everybody else, but Fernanda took me seriously. And for two weeks, she started praying for her co-worker, Maria. 
For two weeks, she said, God, give me a word for Maria. Now, Maria wasn't a Christian, at least Fernanda didn't think she was. They had never had any anything other, even though they worked together, they had never had anything other than a very superficial conversation. So Fernanda began praying, Holy Spirit, speak to me. God, give me a word. Give me a word for Maria. Uh, help me to know how to share the gospel with her. Um, would you please speak to me? And one morning, as, as, as Fernanda was getting ready for work, she was brushing her teeth, and she heard just a, just a thought popped into her head, and it said, Ask Maria about her husband. Fernanda thought, Oh, my goodness. God actually spoke to me. That has to be from God. I've been praying. And so she was excited, and that day they had work, uh, lunch together at work, uh, Fernanda and Maria in the break room. They were the only two in the break room. And while they were eating, Fernanda asked Maria, she said, you know, Maria, you've never told me about your family. Tell me about your husband. Fernanda told me later, she said, the woman's eyes got big, and then all of a sudden she started weeping. And not just weeping, but sobbing. And she put her head down on the table and just was shaking. She was crying so hard. Well, of course, now Fernanda feels terrible. What have I done? What have I said? And so she put her hand on her shoulder and said, I'm so sorry, Maria. I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to upset you. I'm, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me for whatever I've said or done. And, um, and then Maria, she, she, she got control of her emotions, and she looked at, at Fernanda, and she said, Well, you, you had no way of knowing. My husband just told me this week that he's having an affair, and he wants a divorce. Well, Fernanda then realized, yes, that was the Holy Spirit giving me that word of word of knowledge to get into Maria's world. And Fernanda said, well, Maria, I'm a Christian. Can I pray for you? And, and, and the woman said, yes, please, would you pray for me? So Fernanda laid her hand on her shoulder and she prayed for her and, and said it was amazing. The Holy Spirit came into the room. There was this sense of God's presence the peace of God just came and rested on both of them. And when, when Fernanda said, Amen, Maria looked up and said, I've never felt anything like that before. Can I come to church with you this Sunday? Now, I don't know what the outcome of that story is. Um, I know that the, Maria started coming to church for a while. Um, I don't know whatever became of it, but I know that in that moment, in that encounter with God, there was a young woman who was willing to ask God for a word of knowledge and was willing to act on that word of knowledge. And through doing that, she helped someone else connect with God. So a word of knowledge is very powerful, still legitimate, and definitely something that we should uh, incorporate into our lives. It doesn't have to be weird. You notice Maria, or, or excuse me, Fernanda didn't say, hey, God gave me a word this morning that I should ask you about your husband. You know, she didn't make it weird. She just said, hey, tell me about your family. I, you, you never told me about your family. Tell me about your husband. She didn't make it weird, made it conversational. And yet the Holy Spirit used it to get into that woman's world. So a word of wisdom, supernatural advice a word of knowledge, supernatural insight into a particular situation. 
Now, those are only two. We've still got seven more, but uh, we've, we've reached the end of the time for this particular episode. So I'm going to ask you to come back next week, and we will keep going in this really important topic, evangelism and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you have a question, if you have a comment, I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. I can let you know about the uh, uh, mission activities that we're involved in around the world. And um, because of so many of y'all's generosity, we're able to really, really touch and impact so many lives. Well, friends, thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week on Leading and Learning. Thank you.